We had a water heater that uh, we'd worked with a plumber and did a little experiment on and had a, had premature failure on it. It was only about seven years old. And uh, so we literally cut the thing in half and uh, opened that thing up. And we did the math on it because there's actually a direct correlation of how much calcium carbonate can build up in a water heater based on the hardness level over per year. And it was like 50.4 pounds of rock that were inside the water heater before it even began to heat their domestic hot water. So they were basically heating a 50 pound rock uh, for no reason whatsoever. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your host, Nate and Brian, hanging out with you on a new Monday morning, and we are looking forward to a new show. This time, we're focusing on water conditioning and treatment, and we have none other than Joe, the Brita Pro man, joining us. Joe Kuklis from Brita Pro is going to be hanging out with us today uh, for an in-person live interview. And man, are we excited to have somebody back in the studio with us, Brian. Very excited. And I'm even more excited that you just made somebody a nickname, bro. I'm Absolutely. proud of you. Yeah, it's what I do. <laughs> no, not really. It's Big Joe the Brita Pro. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right, we got him a new nickname. Yeah. Let's and not bring it up on the episode. Let's tell him about it later. <laughs> <laughs> Great idea. <laughs> uh, well, unless there's any confusion, he's not just a pro in what he does, but he's actually working with Brita Pro, uh, which is an entire professional line of the Brita filtration systems. And we are excited to have them. Um, not only working out of our shop, which is a product that our guys here love, uh, but just because they're a good name in the industry and what they bring behind them is a huge recognition in the marketplace as to what water treatment can do for you and for your home. And so we're going to be jumping into that, but first we're going to dive into the introduction of the idea ourselves. So we're looking to Brian for our quote. It is life, I think, to watch the water. A man can learn so many things. Nicholas Sparks, The Notebook. Oh, my heavens. Dude, wait, wait, hold on. Here's here's my issue with this whole, my concern with this whole notebook thing we yeah, just did right ahead. there. Go ahead. Is when I said Nicholas Sparks, your eyes lit up. You were already depressed. <laughs> How do you know that name? I know who Nicholas I, Sparks I is. Who is Nicholas Sparks, the author? Uh, first of all, I, I couldn't believe that he was a man. It took me a long time to like... Nicholas? I, I know the name. I'm just saying... Like I knew there was an author that wrote all these books and movies and stuff like that, and it took me a while to figure out that this was actually a guy doing this because of chick flicks. Wait, wait, wait. a dude wrote the Notebook. <sighs> yeah. Oh, all right. Wait, are you kidding right now? By what? Nicholas Sparks is the guy who wrote the Notebook. I thought it was like, uh, what was his name who who starred in the movie Ryan Reynolds? No, no, that's Deadpool, buddy. Yeah, I can't get his last name. Crying out loud, but no. Nicholas Sparks wrote The Notebook and like, you know, two, this is what he does. He writes sappy chick flicks where somebody dies inevitably. Oh, cheer, all right. I might, I might be in. <laughs> not, <laughs> now you're not, speaking Not like war if somebody dies. Like somebody gets, you know, cancer or, or you know, can't love yeah. the person they love or something. like. 
I don't know why I'm explaining this to you. This is yeah. feeling very vulnerable and revealing to me. Yeah, I like that. Clearly, you know I know stuff. nothing about. Yeah, keep going, Nicholas. Let's keep going down the road of <laughs> sappy romantic chick flicks. It's fine. I know all of you out there in podcast land. You're yeah. also doing that in your truck. Oh, Nicholas Sparks. I don't know. Notebook. Never heard of it. Nah, never. Heard. Whatever. Nah. You've watched it sometime. All, all the Sparkies are like, yeah, Nicholas Sparks. Nah. <laughs> Plumber's like, who? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So this is one of my wife's favorite movies. I'll pretty much watch anything with her that has Rachel McAdams in it. Oh, I see. I'm not going to lie. How's that working out for you? What? Watching it with with your wife. Fine. That's <laughs> the problem. <laughs> I don't sit there and talk about Rachel McAdams the whole time. Does she talk about Ryan? What's his name? Yeah, what is that dude's name? Philippi? No, that's Philippi. not him. No, no, that's not no. him. No, you're right. All right, yeah. I got to look it up now. Yeah, what's that dude's name? <clears throat> We pause this broadcast of our podcast to research some fact that has no relevance to the actual oh, show today. Man. Ryan Gosling. Gosling, yeah, that's it. Okay. Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams. Yeah. They are desperately in love, but her parents don't approve. So when Noah goes off to serve in World War II, it seems to mark the end of their love. Mm. He's not reading, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Just internalized at this quoting point. the back of the DVD from memory. Sorry, the back cover of the book from memory. Exactly. There it is. Well, yeah, what does so, this have to do with uh water? Huh? Um I don't know. I mean I was like I heard that quote we and got I was to up our quote game. Man. Why? No, I was thinking like it has has it rings true. You can learn a lot by watching water. This what I know what we're gonna dive into when we're talking about water here. And I was in a plumbing um uh, maybe the plumbing mafia. Just a, a plumbing Facebook group with like 40,000, 50,000, I don't know, maybe 30,000 plumbers and 10,000 homeowners trying to figure out how to change the flapper in their toilet. And somebody posted a pic. I don't remember what it was, but it was clearly on city water. It was a crap job, if you ask me. Pipes weren't level enough. Had solder drips everywhere, for crying out loud. But there was a sediment filter on the line. And a couple plumbers posted in there and said, uh, what is a filter doing on city water? And I'm like, you're, are you serious? You're a plumber. You don't think a filter needs to be on city water? Like of any kind of filter whatsoever? I don't know that he knew what kind of filter this was. I knew that it was a sediment filter because it was a clear uh, plastic container and you could see the white paper filter in there. But he didn't say, what is a paper filter? What's a sediment filter doing? He just said, what's a filter doing on there? And there were like a bunch of people who liked the quote and agreed with him. I'm like, hopefully those were just, you know, people who knew a plumber to get in. These there. are the same people that jump in the pool and get a drink at the same time? Yeah. Actually, he probably didn't know why there was a filter on that water. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, and just in general, I don't mean like sitting on a handcrafted rowboat with the the lovely Miss McAdams and staring at a lake water. But I mean, learning about water, you can learn a lot. And, and as a plumber, your knowledge of plumbing shouldn't end at the piping, carrying the water or the tank or box heating the water. It should also include a very established knowledge of water and what's in it. A water expert, if you will. You should be a water expert. The water boy. And hopefully you should have used a quote from that movie. From the water boy? That would have been more relevant to our audience. That's actually pretty true. Nah, there's a lot of married men in our audience. 
I know a lot of them feel my pain. This is one of those movies that uh, Sweet Home Alabama, that's another one that I've had to watch thousands of times. <laughs> Pride and Prejudice, Pretty Woman. Uh, like, it's always the same six movies. <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> but I, I like your concept there, Brian. Uh, becoming a water expert, becoming well-versed in something that isn't, it, like it's it's ironic because everything that plumbers do is about water, but that's not studied at all. No, and and that doesn't mean that this quote unquote plumber on this group knows nothing about water. There are people who exist in that group to stir up nonsense and get get likes by causing controversy. It's the it's the um in in there. It's the union versus non-union. It's always some union guy throwing up a meme about you know quote unquote rat plumbers who aren't union and how useless they are. And it's like he'll get sixty likes and then one hundred and eighty people talking crap about him. They just exist for this, um, you know, back and forth. So he, it a lot of people will just throw a quote up there because they want to start start drama. That's fine. It is what it is. But if you're really a plumber, if that's what you call yourself. And you don't know anything about what's coming into the home via the plumbing system. I'm not calling you a joke or anything, buddy, but come on. You, you got to do a little research, right? I think so. It, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, ele electricians, they study electricity. Like you have to know the concepts of electricity before you just throw in water, uh, excuse me, like wire nuts and, and switches and everything together. You have to know how electricity works. Mm-hmm. And HVAC technicians, they have to know how refrigerant cycle and airflow works. Like, it's part of what it is. Well, I mean, yes. They don't know a ton about oxygen or what's floating in the air. And that's what we're talking about. Plumbers know which way water flows, PSI, you know, stuff like that. But talking about really getting to know what is what that water is made up of. And when you're talking about city water... Oftentimes, if not most times, you're talking about more crap in the water than you have in a well in terms of what is put in that water to kill things and in terms of what is left in the water when the things are killed but not removed. And we'll talk more about that with the big Joe Brita or what? Joe the Brita Pro. Joe the Brita Pro. Oh, big Joe the Brita Pro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So without further ado, we're going to put Joe Kuklis in your passenger seat. Our guest today is Joe Kuklis. He's the director of sales at Brita Pro and provides technical and sales training to the trade channel for installation and service. Joe has been associated with and passionate about water treatment and filtration since 2005. Joe's time in the plumbing industry stems back 20 years and includes actual field work, installing plumbing fixtures and water softeners. After spending time in plumbing, wholesale distribution and with a manufacturer of rough plumbing products, Joe established extensive knowledge of water treatment and then an understanding of resins and injection molded plastics. In 2020, Joe decided to use his industry knowledge to partner with Lance Hunter to start Ironclad Partners, which was a sales and technical support business highly focused on water treatment. Joe has completed train the trainer courses for Lancaster Water Group, an 80 year old fourth generation manufacturing leader in water treatment. Through this education, Joe provides courses that range from full two day factory certifications all the way to one hour introductions to water treatment. Joe is versed in both residential and commercial water treatment. 
His favorite thing about water treatment is you don't have to sell it. You educate your consumer on how it works, why it works, what it does for them, when it works properly. When you present all that, it sells itself. And for that, we welcome Joe to the show. Thank you for having me. Welcome, Joe. It's a it's a pleasure to have you in studio. Yeah. It's always Out, nice to have somebody join us in the den. Outside of uh, <laughs> current employees, how many people have we had in studio? Like I can count two? on one hand, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Our buddy. Uh, the, and for the plumbers out there, maybe even you can get to three. Maybe. One, two, three. There you go. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know you got to walk through a building full of plumbers to get out of here today. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, Dam- Damien, our, our third degree black belt. Jiu-Jitsu yeah. buddy was the Gene, first. Gene Slade. Yeah, Gene yeah, Slade. Gene and, Slade. And Brittany and Maverick Slade. That's right. Yep. And uh, Mr. Matt Balkwater, of course. Well, he works here. He would count, he would yeah. count as an employee. But yeah, it's Eric always- Eric Anderson, my main a, man. Right. Eric Anderson, the crypto episode. Yep. It's always nice to have somebody join us. Uh, it's awesome to be here. Awesome yeah. to be here in person. So Joe, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about uh, yourself? Um how did you get into what you're doing now? What exactly is it that you're doing now? And what's, what's kind of your story? Uh, yeah, so I, um, I kind of broke into the trade business. Um, uh, actually goes back to working at a bar. Um, when I was in college, no I, was, I was working at a bar and um, just paying, paying the college bills, doing that type of thing, paying the rent and everything. And you said, was, this water tastes like crap. You got to get some water <laughs> treatment in here. <laughs> uh, well, I didn't quite get into water treatment yet, but I, I actually ran into a, uh, a trade distribution uh, wholesaler and uh, they, um, uh, he we had broke into a good conversation and, and he said, hey, you have a good head on your shoulders. I'm looking for somebody to come in that's, that's kind of got a new, fresh look and I don't care if you don't know the business, we'll teach you. And I just, I just need a good attitude in there. Um, so had a couple meetings, one thing led to another, started working on the trade side. I've always been kind of fascinated by that. Always been fascinated by innovative products, uh, high efficiency stuff, uh, you know, boilers, HVAC, uh, whole market and, uh, uh, eventually broke me into the water treatment side of the business. And, uh, uh, always just kind of been a passion to understand, uh, how to provide, um, uh, good opportunities for everybody. And, um, clean water yeah all right now you're talking about it that's right that's right uh a lot of our clients apparently because (laughs) because some of our plumbers just refuse to tell them about it okay all right all right and what exactly are you doing right now uh so i'm working with uh brita pro uh, who is a water treatment manufacturer and provider of in uh point of entry whole home water treatment systems and uh point of use water treatment systems now is brita pro different than brita Brita Pro is absolutely different than Brita. Okay. Uh, there is certainly an association there. Um, Brita Pro is is the um, uh, ch- child company of Protect Plus Companies out of Hickory, New York. Uh, Protect Plus Technologies has, uh, over the years, been associated with Brita, with companies like Arm & Hammer. Uh, they, they are a family-owned science company, and they have developed product over the years and taken them to market on the retail side of the business. Uh, most famously known for a product called Microban, which is an antimicrobial resin okay. that they've used to create and put into all different kinds of products, even air filters and and many things on in the plumbing and HAC space. Is that what my phone case is made of? Uh, very possible. Yes, yeah, very <laughs> possible. A um, lot, lot of different items, um, uh, even into uh, something as simple as a plastic mailbox. 
uh, just different things that could not hold bacteria at that point. Uh, so uh, a few years ago, they they uh, were in the retail space of the of the under the counter type products that you would find at a big box store and uh, wanted to capitalize on obviously the technology that they have and open up a space into the professional side of the business that we're in. Uh, and that was the birth of Brita Pro. Okay. Uh, so Brita Pro is really everything after the pitcher. Yeah, sure. Well, I, I'm, Brita has a, a great market share. I mean, see their commercials on TV, see their filters, you know, always a, a nice looking lady with a pitcher of pure looking water being poured out, right? It's always good stuff. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Strong market share. Uh, Brita, uh, some independent studies done. Brita is the number one recognizable name when it comes to clean water. Interesting. And now there's a ProLine version of it. There is a ProLine. So it's, uh, we'd like to say is Brita Pro is everything after that pitcher that's going to give you that same high quality water that Brita's known and associated with for years uh, for the entire uh, portion of your house. So Joe, you're working for Brita Pro and what exactly do you do? How do you function in that role? Uh, well, uh, high function is to uh, acquire and, and set up new partners uh, like yourselves, and then provide them the sales training support that they need in order to go out and provide that product to their customer base. Yeah. Well, cat's out of the bag, Brian. Uh, everybody knows now that we're a Brita Pro dealer. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, we don't really keep it a great secret since I post it on social media all the time. <laughs> no, we, we love Brita Pro. We're big fans, and we found a lot of success uh, with our clients specifically with that name recognition yes. because the the pro the pro is capitalized but the brita piece of it looks just like brita does and so there's a lot of like ah that that seems good and then you see the pro after you're like oh, okay even better right yeah one of the ways <laughs> i would i would present in a plumbing truck going back to 04 would and and on but would be just to say how do you either how do you treat the water in your home or how much do you know about water treatment? What do you know about filtering the water? And when I would ask the, what do you know part, I would get Brita. People would say the name Brita. It's gotta be the number one, most, most recognized brand in water treatment. Now they're talking point of use. Certainly they're talking about a thing that screws on the end of the faucet or a pitcher in their fridge, but it's such an easy segue into, all right, let's talk about that for the whole home. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Isn't that how that goes? Something like I that. I don't know. I'm taking a long gander to where you may have come up with that <laughs> quote. <'cause laughs> well, Joe, it's good to have you with us. And uh, we wanted to tap into some of your knowledge. Um, we were fortunate enough to have you actually here today to do some training for our plumbers and thought uh, it'd be cool to link up with you and benefit the rest of our listeners with that same type of knowledge, if that's cool. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. So you're, what are you, like an hour and a half from here? Oh, yeah, hour and a half, two hours. Ugh, yeah. my bad, bro. <laughs> I, Justin Taggart is uh, yeah. is here from Bimax with us, uh, just kind of sitting across the room watching the podcast happen. Making he's, sure he's that Joe stays in line. He's, like, drawing an, an illustration <laughs> of what we're doing on his notepad. Um, and I knew Justin was flying in for today. Figure he's up at a hotel like Bimax usually does. I thought the same thing for Joe, that Joe was flying in last night, got a hotel, our training starts at 6 a.m., so, you know, no problem there, right? They just got to leave the hotel at 540 and be fine. <laughs> no, no, Joe probably had to leave the house at 330 this morning. I actually left last night to get here in time. <laughs> <laughs> Made him post up at a Starbucks. Yeah, yeah had to wake him up yeah. in his car in the yeah. parking lot. 
Hello. Yo, let's go. <laughs> Luckily, Sheets was open 24 hours. So. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yes, the good old Sheets. Uh, well, we, like I said, we were fortunate enough to have you join us this morning for some training, and uh, we want to kind of dig into that. So I thought we'd start at the basics, uh, which uh, we've done before, but always a good reminder. Um, if, if I'm a plumber in a truck right now, or even in another trade, and I have very little concept as to what water treatment is, water conditioning, filtration, any of that stuff. Um, I don't know the science. I don't know where I would even start. Like if you were training a brand new plumber who had all he knows is how to do the plumbing piece of things and has no knowledge on water treatment, where would you start? I, th I think the biggest thing for them to understand is have a, just a base knowledge of the contaminants. Um, you don't have to be a scientist. You don't have to kind of break down molecular breakdowns of carbon and all these different types of things. Uh, I always like to say just having good application knowledge, right? What's what's the right fit for that? So uh, there's plenty of companies out there that just kind of offer their water treatment products without necessarily knowing that that's the best fit for the consumer. Uh, so, so testing's a big start. Uh, and then understanding once you break into that testing, uh, testing is a very, very simple process for a technician. Uh, it kind of changes the dynamic a little bit to have them test in the home. Uh, gets them a little bit away from being a technician and a little more about being, uh, you know, a little bit of a scientist in front of the consumer. Uh, helps them build a little bit of credibility uh, and, and, and actually engage with the consumer, you know, possibly at the kitchen table or in the living room or whatever it may be where they're testing the water at. Uh, it helps them. Uh, instead of just coming in as a technician to fix that problem and move on from that problem, uh, they're actually looking at a long-term solution that would provide, you know, a long-term fix for that problem. Uh, so, um, so getting into that and then understanding the basic contaminants and what they do in the home. Uh, there's two different levels of contaminants. You have a, a primary contaminant and a secondary contaminant. Uh, the primary contaminants that that scary stuff that we all hear about in the news stories and all that and. Uh, you know, your leads in your water and your PFOAs and PFOSs and that kind of stuff that's heavily regulated by the EPA and, and usually comes from, you know, from a different source. And, and then uh, you have your secondary contaminants, which is really where the, where, the, where the meat of the water treatment kind of comes in. I always like to call it the 80-20 rule. You know, everybody's uh, always enamored by all the different systems and all the different facets of water treatment and all the different types of water treatment. Uh, but in reality, you see a lot of similarities within your marketplace and you can kind of settle into 80% of the time, you know, uh, those customers are going to need the same solution. Uh, and then the other 20% of the time you run into the scenarios of the Flint, Michigan's of the world or something of that nature where we have to go above and beyond and maybe create a custom solution for them. And that that's where the testing comes in to kind of know and understand those different contaminants, what's what's going on in the household and how you can provide a, a solution for the consumer. Yeah. Uh, Brian's actually from Michigan, which uh, if they have bad water, might explain a couple things about him. <laughs> Such as? <laughs> the uh, the good looks, uh, obviously. Yeah, obviously. That's where that's, you were going. That's what it was. That's, that's <laughs> definitely listed by the EPA as a problem with the contaminants. <laughs> <That's yeah. side laughs> but Joe, you had mentioned testing. I mean, do, do the plumbers have to break out the white lab coats, the beaker set, and the eyedropper? Like, what what does that look like? So it doesn't have to go that far. Uh, you really have a couple different options. Those secondary contaminants are not as health concerning. It's a little more aesthetic. Uh, certainly are, are contaminants that can wreak havoc on the household or the appliances. Uh, and that's, that's a very uh, simple test kit that, uh, you know, a, a mechanic with a little bit of experience can, we can teach them how to test that water in just, you know, five to 10 minutes. And then it's just about getting comfortable with it. 
Uh, they do, in, in a way, kind of come off to their consumer as, as the guy with the lab coat because, you know, you break out some a little bit of uh, a little bit of uh, dyes and colors and you're mixing them together and you're kind of comparing them to a wheel and, and different setups. But basically, if you can count and see colors, we, we can teach you how to test water. Oh, Brian's um, out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see colors. Yeah. <laughs> um, do yeah. you have a recommended test kit, Joe? Uh, so like so we, we, don't, we don't have a recommended brand uh, specifically. Um, we do have uh, Hawk is a very popular kind of in-home technician, HACH uh, okay. is a brand out there. Uh, we work directly with Brita Pro on a company called Safe Home, okay. uh, which is actually a send-out test. Uh, so a little bit more extensive testing. So if your consumer does have concern for just a little bit outside of those basic contaminants, uh, all of the, the Brita Pro products are shipped with a test kit in there. Uh, and there's multiple different levels of that, but they can send that out on the, on their own, either the consumer or the or the contractor can do it on behalf of the consumer uh, to be able to get a little more extensive testing into into some additional contaminants. Okay. Now you, you mentioned uh, there's two types of contaminants, so primary contaminants, and right, and I I don't want to uh, to us to uh, nerd out here. So using two syllable words or less, tell us what primary contaminants are. Scary. Okay. <laughs> no, killed it. I like it. <laughs> All right, we wrap this thing up. Or- <laughs> yeah, call, call it good. <laughs> all right. So what, what all counts as scary? Ah, uh, well, you know, it's the stories you hear. It's, it's, it's the lead in the water, right? It's, it's PFOAs and, uh, don't ask me what that acronym stands oh, for. Right? I was going to, okay. <laughs> uh, polyphosphate, PFOAs, no, PFOSs. It's like prefluoralactic yeah, po- acid or something like that. Yeah. Right? Polyfluorocarbon, uh, uh, just basically any kind of different makeup of organic compounds that can happen from from different things that we we have had between factories or between uh, different situations uh, close to home a little bit here. Pesticides. Yeah, pesticides. Great, okay. great example. Chlorines, uh, chloramines, different things like that. Uh, you know, if you um, uh, all municipalities are required to not by the EPA, they're they're managed by the EPA, so they can't provide you with any bacteria, of course, to your water. So a lot of the municipalities are going to use some level of chlorine to clean the water up before they send it to you. Sure. Kind of a necessary evil, almost. Right. What about, uh, I actually read an article not too long ago showing to some of the plumbers, <clears throat> the article was blaming the lower birth rate on prescription drugs uh, being mm. used quote unquote, and then uh, put back in the water supply. Or even yeah. just tossed in the toilet. A lot of people like flush pills and stuff. Yeah, that, they didn't talk about that one in the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> in the okay. article. I got you. The uh, recycled was, prescription uh, drugs. Yeah. Recycled yeah. Okay. Uh, birth yeah. control, if you will. Ah, yeah. Ah, gotcha. And then uh, men drinking the water and it not really being filtered out enough. And voila, you uh, have a lower, lower, uh, Fertility rate. Yeah, fertility there rate. we yeah. go. <laughs> I was going to say sperm count. So there you go, Nate. <laughs> Give Nate a little word. Is that one of the four little words we weren't supposed to use? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so Brian doesn't know yeah. sperm is five letters. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't. I'm, I'm just thinking like sperm. Don't say sperm. Don't say sperm. <laughs> well, okay. So uh, scary stuff. I mean, that, that that's, it sounds, um, it sounds far away. Okay. Unless you live in Flint, Michigan, that sounds like a, their problem, not my problem. So is it my problem? Well, I think it's, uh, more increasingly more and more becoming our problem coming a little closer to home. Uh, just, just simple things, you know, um, uh, EPA regulations change over time. Uh, they, they look at things today and if it wasn't a big, 
byproduct of different things going on in the industry at the moment. Um, the maximal allowable level limits of that chemical uh, could be set at a certain standard, what, you know, whether that's a parts per million or whatever, whatever reading you're going to look at. Um, and just like any um, science or, or medical type uh, stuff, it requires research, right? And over time, uh, sometimes uh, they find out that chemicals are more dangerous than they thought they were originally uh, looking at. You know, there's actually a, a, a minimum allowed limit of lead allowed in water, right? But lead's the big scary thing that sure. everybody talks about all the time. Uh, but there's a, a, a minimum amount that's allowed to be in the water. A lot of times if you print out a municipality report uh, that's available to any consumer off of their off their website, uh, you'll you'll see that they found limited amounts of lead in the water, you know, and different contaminants like that. Uh, but studies change, science changes, uh, research changes, and, and they find out the, that maybe some of these things are a little more harmful. Um, you know, different, different case scenarios, uh, uh, there's a... Uh, Retired Navy base up in Willow Grove, Pennsylvania, not too far from here, probably about an hour and a half just outside of Philadelphia. And base was closed down and, and uh, you know, it was hundreds of acres and, and no longer used as an airfield. And they uh, started building homes in different areas in that. And now to come to find out that some of the um, uh, flame retardant materials that they used on the runway actually had what they call PFOAs, which is a for, forever chemical and is now in danger. Uh, yeah. A lot of people in that area in that water uh, oh, that man. can be cleaned out. So. Wow, that's that's a disturbing example. Has there been any other examples of like chemicals or or contaminants that were acceptable, you know, twenty years ago that we've determined that are no longer acceptable? Uh, I think nitrates has been a a, a big popular or or uh, maybe infamous uh, contaminant that's kind of merged up over the years that what, we've what seen. What would from, count as a nitrate? Uh, it it's usually comes a lot of times from different farm runoffs and, okay. and things that are being used on farms. So obviously we're, we're like, not, we don't have many farms around here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, could you go into that a little bit deeper? Yeah. I'm, I'm on a well with farms around the house. So yeah. Yeah. the, the I, uh, cow droppings have to go somewhere. Yeah. Cow right. droppings. Is that what that is? That's one. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. It gets rained yeah. into the grass, down into the stream, could potentially end up in a well. Yeah which is why they say you can have your water tested for bacteria today and then next year. But in those 364 days, it could have changed 150 times. Yeah. Yeah. Wells, wells are they're the wild card by, by, by far. I mean, there's, there's plenty of times you can drop a pump in the ground and get very clean water out of it. Uh, but you can have a neighbor seven miles down the road, uh, build a new house and drill a well or, or add, you know, add something to their farm, put a new pump in, whatever it is, and that happened to be the same aquifer that you were in. So now that kind of opens up to some other things that maybe you weren't open up to before. So always on a well, we recommend, you know, get getting that treated at least once a year. Uh, any other concerns, you know, maybe even twice a year. And, of course, uh, bacteria always an issue, so something you'd want to be prepared for. Okay, so uh, the basic testing is going to identify some of those um primary contaminants, right? So we're going to, we're going to pick out uh, whether there's nitrates or lead or uh, some of those other concerning, you call them scary things in the water. What about the, the secondary contaminants? Uh, you said they're more aesthetic. Does that mean that we're talking about brown water versus clear water? Or what do you mean by that? Sure. Well, when you're talking things like iron, right? I mean, we all need a little iron in our diet, but we right. certainly don't want it in our water. Um, you know, uh, the iron in our diet is not coming from, uh, certainly not coming from the water that we're drinking. You know, it's probably coming from the four or five steaks that you're having today. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Your mouth to God's ears. <laughs> okay. So iron, uh, obviously that's going to tint the water more towards the reddish brownish. Uh, what other types of secondary contaminants would there be? 
Uh, so you can run into tannins, which is uh, really just a, a vegetation runoff um, that can get into the water, tint the water a little bit, a little bit brown. Uh, iron's going to usually be a little bit um, uh, redder in color uh, to the water, and then there's a kind of a big bad brother of of iron, which is not necessarily as common in our area, but uh, known as manganese. And uh, that's going to give it a little bit darker brown color in the uh, tinting as well, too. So I remember that. That's a periodic element, if I yeah. recall. Right? <laughs> MG or MN. I can't yeah. remember which yeah. one it was. M, uh, I think MN off the top of my yeah. head. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then magnesium, MG. Yeah. All right. Okay, so secondary contaminants. And, and are, are those health-related at all, or is that strictly – I mean, some of it is a little bit, but mostly just like how the water interacts with your home and, and the people in your home? Sure. So it's not – it's, uh, you know, not a – um, huge health concern to you at this point. Of course, we all don't want to ingest, you know, large amounts of iron or anything of that nature, but, uh, uh, you know, it really comes down to it. It's incredibly harmful to your house, to your appliances, to the piping system, uh, all the plumbing in your house that, uh, can certainly wreak havoc on all of that. Yeah. What about, um, hardness and acidity? I know those are two things that we focus on here quite a bit. Uh, which con- which contaminant section would those fit into? Sure. So the acidity and the iron that we previously mentioned, when you talk about a well system, again, you're, you're drilling a hole and you're sticking a pump down the ground, and you're pumping water out of the ground. So whatever, whatever is to be of that water is what you're going to get into your home for sure. Uh, quite, quite commonly when you're on a well system, you have to deal a little bit more with acidity. Uh, so you'll have to treat that uh, before you treat anything else because you want to kind of raise that pH up, get it to an acceptable level uh, so you're not uh, popping pinholes in your plumbing or, or creating havoc or anything of that nature on, on your systems. And then we'll go ahead and treat the other contaminants in there. Uh, you're not going to commonly see that when you walk into a municipality or city water situation because of the same reason. The municipality is going to treat that if that is a problem where they're pulling the water from the source because it's, of course, harmful to their systems as well as they're delivering that to the homes. Hardness, it, that's the game changer. Uh, I always say it's the, you know, it's the number one item. It's the number one contaminant that we deal with across the board because it's not regulated by the EPA. And most of the municipalities are not going to spend the time and or the money to treat that in large volume, delivering water to the home. So you can run into hardness, whether you're on a city water application or whether you're on a well water application. So again, the most common contaminant that we'll see across the board when it, when you talk about water treatment. It's hardness. It is hardness. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and that makes a lot of sense because you know the, what what's the primary function of the municipal uh, water provider to make sure that the water is safe, clean. clean. Yep. Right. It doesn't necessarily mean that they care whether your faucet stops working two years from now because it's calcified. Ab- absolutely. And if you no. think about it, their 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 delivery method is all large diameter pipes. So it really doesn't start to kind of pinch down and until you start to get to those service level pipes at, at the individual houses. Right. Right. It makes a lot of sense to to add chlorine or chloramine or something to the water to kill the bacteria or sterilize the bacteria and make it safe to drink. But it would be very expensive for any municipality to start going into things like removing hardness. Um, and it's not something they're going to do. But before we start moving into that territory and out of the safety aspect. There is one aspect of the chlorine um, that a lot of people don't talk about. And I, and I rarely hear from trainers on water treatment or plumbers when they present things like uh, activated carbon filtration. And that is the byproducts of, of chlorine-treated water. Not from the chlorine, but the stuff that the chlorine kills 
and leaves in the water or sterilizes and leaves in the water or the chemical reactions that occur from chlorine and what's already in the water, the uh, TTHMs. And I know, but I guess I'll let you talk about the uh, trihalomethanes. What does activated carbon filtration or, uh, you know, Brita Pro type filtration do for those, those byproducts? Sure. Dead, dead organics, I guess, in most cases is what they are. Sure. Sure. So carbon is uh, by far uh, the most effective and probably the oldest filtration uh, media on earth. And it goes back to actual uh, BC times uh, of, of uh, being able to use carbon to kind oh, of filter out water. Do and, tell. I, I'm, I, <laughs> that's how Rome was built. history lesson here. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, I think we have some data that supports like 430 BC or something like that. Okay, so, wow. Yeah, it's, it is it is literally the oldest uh, filtration item on the earth and natural to the earth in, in a lot of ways too. Um, there are a couple different kinds of carbon uh, that you can use. You have activated carbon usually made from a coconut shell, uh, which is a, a good clean source for that. Uh, you can also make uh, carbon from coal or wood, uh, obviously, as we all know it. Uh, those carbons all kind of have their own properties, and then they work with a, um, a method called absorption, adsorption, AD, as opposed to absorption. Um, and then what happens is uh, the more complex that a uh, organic chemical is, uh, the more that carbon loves it and loves to take it out. Uh, so when you talk about the chlorines and chloramines, that's actually a very complex organic uh, um, um, contaminant that, that is used. And uh, so as that kind of slides along all of the carbon there, uh, if you can just think of a, you know, imagine a little piece of uh, charcoal or something that you would see off of a charcoal grill, it's going to look similar to that, a little bit smaller, but uh, those contaminants are going to kind of slide through that and get stuck in all the little grooves and cracks and, and, and uh, holes and chips and everything in that carbon. And it's just going to kind of grab and absorb onto that, uh, onto that carbon base. Uh, so it's, it's essentially a net. Yes. Water's yep. going through and everything else is getting stuck. Exactly. Well, not everything, exactly. but, the, but certainly. Kind of gets stuck as it slides chemicals. through. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it, leading up to point of entry, POE systems, leading up to the water meter or your well tank, whichever you happen to be on, uh, chlorine is great especially from the municipality where it gets treated through the miles of miles of 30 year old piping that it's probably going through. You definitely want some type of disinfectant agent flowing through that piping with the water. You're getting ready to brush your kid's teeth with, right? Absolutely. But do you want it once it crosses the threshold into the home? That's the question. Do you want that chlorine in the water? And answer no. No. Yeah. And if you, no. if you don't hard, care about hard, it, hard pass on that one. If you yeah. don't care about that, yeah. go ahead and research TTHM in, in water. And TTHMs are these chemical byproducts that are actually removed by this, by these carbon systems. And, you know, I'm, I don't have a Brita Pro badge on my shirt. I have a Benjamin Franklin plumbing badge on my shirt today, but, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm, we're here to talk about whatever Joe wants to talk about, but whether you can get Brita Pro or not, whether you can get any brand or not, it's my opinion that every home on municipal or city water, every home with a water meter should have at least a carbon filtration system on it. Pull all this stuff out. I was I was living in uh, living off of Lanc- Lancaster City uh, water. Can't remember what the uh, name of that municipality is exactly, but whatever it is. Um, and we got a boil water notice 
and uh, I've talked about this before, but how did we get said boil water notice, Nate? The USPS. We got it in the mail, which meant, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, well, I don't listen to the radio, and if I watch TV, it's Netflix, so they weren't getting a hold of me those two ways. How else are they going to get a hold of me? So I got a letter in the mail. That's like that Michael Jr. joke. Hey, this is my two-week notice. I'm quitting today. Two weeks from now, you're going to notice I haven't been here in two weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So uh, two, three days after they decided we needed to boil our water, I got a letter in the mail saying to boil your water. Um, And and what it was, and I think it happened twice while we lived in that municipality, uh, both times was an elevated level of TTHMs. Yeah. It was an elevated level of dead organics or sterilized organics by the chlorine that are an actual carcinogen. So on the World Health Organization or CDC's websites, you can find these TTHMs, these trihalomethanes, as an actual cancer-causing agent, and in higher levels, that is. Sure. So, so they call what's normally in the water negligible. Do I necessarily believe that? Do I believe a lot of things the CDC says these days? <laughs> I'm struggling. Not it's always, a, but sometimes no. I struggle a little bit. Uh, I won't get pulled off the air here. Yeah, so. moving on. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no comment. <laughs> but I was always of the mindset that, okay, great. They say this much is safe. How do they know that this much is in there today? Sure. Maybe there was this much in there sure. when it left the the uh, treatment facility. How do they know after 14 miles of pipe or whatever it yeah. is to get to my well, house? Well, it depend- I mean, if you think about it, if they're going to use a heavy dose of chlorine because they were concerned over bacteria, how close to you are you to the source in your house, right? Mm-hmm. Because chlorine dissipates over time. So obviously the house here, you know, one, one uh, whatever, a few yards away from the treatment center, all the way up to the one 14 miles away, as you just said, you know, might, might see a lot less of it. Uh, the house, the house is close to it, might see a lot more of it. Uh, so those maximal allowable limits are, are at the point of testing, uh, could be, could be incredibly high near you or, or dissipate out. So you just don't know. Yeah. Uh, The chlorine can dissipate out as you get further away, but then the, the TTHMs and stuff can actually become greater and greater as they travel through all this old piping and, you know, God forbid there's a break, there's a leak, there's, you know, some way for, for stuff to get into that piping and you have no layer of protection between that piping in your in your home, it's just it's all kinds of risks to take for something that's it's really not that expensive. Sure, you know, and, and you look at this, and um, you know, the the traditional Brita pitcher pitcher was always about your drinking water, right? And that's that's what that is. It's a carbon filtration yep. device inside the pitcher that that the water goes through, and you know, traps all the contaminants in there, and then gives you that clean bottle of water at the bottom. You think about that, um, you know, how about the rest of your house, right? What about when you take a shower? And you know, uh, I, I know my wife, you know, probably takes a 120 degree shower if it would go that high, you know, on the setting on the water heater, for sure. That water's coming out of there hot. But when, when you have chlorine in the water, that steam, that, that hotness of the water helps kind of bring that chlorine to the surface. And now what's left is actually the gas portion of it. Uh, cause the actual wet portion of it kind of gets, um, uh, evaporated up in the hot water. So now you're kind of ingesting that extra stuff when you go to do things like take a shower or, you know, run through, run stuff through your washing machine, your dishwasher, all that. So we were told on one episode that not only are you breathing it in vapor form, but you are also absorbing it through your skin. Correct. How much yeah. truth is there to that? Yeah. There's, uh, we, I've seen that study as well too. Yeah. 
Oh, that's uh, terrifying. So, so thanks, I, you, thanks asked for that. For the, you asked for the two <laughs> syllables, and I said scary. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so right, though, because, yeah. like, I mean, all right, so what Brian's talking about sounds scary, you know, carcinogenetics and carcinogen. What is it? Carcinogens. Carcinogens, yes. So what Brian's talking about there with carcinogen. I still. <laughs> cancer. Cancer word. Cancer yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah it, 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 is, it is called a carcinogen. It is called a cancer-causing agent on on the World Health Organization. I looked all this stuff up. I just started, I don't know, several years ago, I just started researching everything I'd heard about. We got our, we got our uh, producer, uh, Justin Taggart over here, showing us on the phone with the thumbs up. Found it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, that, that all this stuff is real. So in the most plain terms possible, you say to your, to the homeowner, what do you have, what do you have cleaning the water as it comes into the home? They say, doesn't the city do that? You say, yes, they do. They make it safe enough to drink. However, how do they do that? Is that even an accurate statement, though? Safe enough to drink? Well, as it's as it's tested coming out of the facility, yes, per EPA standards, it is, or government standards, it is per, safe enough. Per to EPA drink. standards is the big is the big key, right? Because yeah. you know, you we talked about it. There's a there's a report out there called a, a CCR which every municipality is required to give you uh, at least on a once a year basis. So great, most, great band. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Band. I didn't know yeah. they got into yeah. the, uh, <laughs> they've been the, dabbling, you know, things were a little slow after. I didn't know uh, they got yeah. in the water <laughs> testing business, but I'm, I'm glad they fell on their feet. Uh, hopefully you have some background music for that. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll figure something yeah. out. Yeah. Right, give me a minute. Just, just dub that over if you could. Um, uh, uh, so that report. So they, there's, they yeah, yeah. Once. CCR report. Yeah. Um, not, not, um, not, not, uh, I'm trying to think of one of their songs real quick to, to pull it down there, but, <laughs> Bad um, Moon Rising. Bad Moon Rising. Thank you. I was trying to think of something on the river and I couldn't get it out. And uh, well, have you yeah. ever seen the rain? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, enough. <laughs> um, but you know that CCR report is out there, and and just like we talked about a little bit before, you know, you print that out for your municipality, and sometimes I've seen them where they're two or three pages long of different contaminants in there. And, um, you know, again, at the time now, a lot of those are, are deemed acceptable by, by minimum allowable limits in the water, but, but things change over time. You know, there might be a random chemical that we're, we're not studying right now, you know, that Pipe, pipes were made out of lead at one point yeah. because it was deemed excess, uh, I'm sorry, acceptable. So sure. it was paint, right? I mean, yeah. lead yeah. paint, yep. yeah, asbestos ceiling tiles, which we're probably, uh, under right now. Sorry yeah. guys. Probably yeah. not. Uh, <laughs> no, this building's not that old. <laughs> um, but it, but it's a give and a take at all times. It is a give and a take. There there has to be, there's an acceptable level of risk in treating municipal water because how high do you want your property taxes to be to treat that water? Sure. It's not like some guy in in the uh, state capital or whatever is is deciding what check he's going to write out of his bank account to treat the water. This is coming out of our pockets. I live in New Jersey, and I don't get anything higher than property taxes of what we have, and I still don't have good water. (laughs) (laughs) Where is it going anyway? Well, Joe, uh, this is is good stuff. And, of course, uh, this is all very educational, which I think is something that is probably missing in terms of the public. In your opinion, is the public more lacking information or more misinformed with wrong information in regards to water quality, the health of your water treatment, et cetera? Uh, misinformed by far. I mean, it's just, it's one of those scenarios where uh, you have a lot of companies out there that have kind of given the water treatment industry a bad name. 
because uh, they they uh, come out with uh, the next you know kind of bell and whistle type thing and uh, they're, they're going out there and they're selling all the things that this doesn't do, or, or, you know, you hear the, you hear the term a lot, salt-free softener, right? Oh, that um, freaking, uh, what, nine-volt uh, battery that you, <laughs> you electrical yeah. tape up to your pipe <laughs> yeah. and all, you're seeing you're going to have soft water. <laughs> well, I mean, if you, if you think about it right there, if you're not removing or discharging the water out of the system, like we would on a traditional system, you're not taking the hardness out of the water, right? Where's that going? Uh, even if you have some kind of contrapment device or anything of that nature, there is alternatives for that. And there is right applications. There's, there's things we can do to descale and different stuff like that. And it, there's the right time and the right place for that. And that's what it comes down to with educating the customer. I mean, the biggest thing that I've always said is, you know, you, we don't have to sell water treatment, even when I'm training technicians or anything of that nature or contractors working with them. Uh, what we do is we educate you on how it works, why it works, and then what it what it does for you when it works properly. And most of that information is transferable right into the kitchen table uh, with your consumer. And uh, when you lay a lot of that information out, they, they want it. You know, they, don't, they didn't understand that, you know, you were back there to change out their water heater, you know, twice in 10 years and what was causing that and what the issue was and vice versa, you know, on a, on a shower cartridge or whatever it may be that was, that was failing. So uh, it's really about the education to the consumer. Oh, Joe, I'm going to put you on the spot here. So if you were sitting at my kitchen table and uh, you were about to educate me, or say, for the next three minutes on why I should get a water treatment system in my home, go. On the spot. All right. Um, I like it. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to, if, are you on uh, city water or well water? I am on municipal water. All right. You're on municipal water. So I'm going to come into your house and I'm going to have that CCR, as we mentioned, uh, would you look that up like before you got it? Yeah, house? absolutely. I mean, you know, look, we're not into the big scare tactic uh, sales pitches at all, you know, and, you know, we talked about a lot of scary stuff here today, obviously, but uh, that that's not the way we go to market. Again, it's about educating the consumer and having them understand, uh, you know, what their, what their potential solutions are long-term there. So, um, but I'm, I'm certainly want to make you aware of those things, right. And, and let you make the decision on what you think that you might be concerned about that's uh, currently in your water and then provide you with uh, multiple different options to, uh, to to be able to treat that. I mean, um, so specifically, you know, we're going in there and we're we're trying to trying to treat your water. I mean, I'm 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 probably relating myself to a reason why I'm there already. Again, we mentioned about the water heaters. We mentioned about the um, uh, you know the faucets that you might be in there to change. Um, you know, some of the training stuff we looked at today um, on on a gas style water heater, you can lose as much as or use as much as thirty percent extra BTUs. Uh, every five grains of hardness in a water is going to lose you four percent gas efficiency. So if you so if I'm selling you a ninety eight percent efficient uh, you know wall hung water heater, and you have fifteen grains of hardness, by the time I walk out the door and you start using water in there, you you lost twelve percent already in, in your efficiency. So I'm doing you an injustice uh, by giving you that higher efficient product and not backing that up and protecting that uh, with the softened water. Sheesh, I'm just pulling up my CCR report here, buddy. So uh, all right. In my township, all right, detected sample results, nitrates, haloacetic acids, trihome, oh, there's that word, Brian, Tri, <laughs> trihalomethanes, methanes? Trihalomethanes. Like, so it just rolls just, off your tongue. Yeah. Just say T-T-H-M. Chlorine, um, copper, lead, turbidity, and those are all in chart form. So you would actually pull up a chart like this and like walk me through these results and kind of tell me what's good. And what's sure, bad. be able to direct you on 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 how to look those up and understand what uh, uh, you know what might be of concern in your area. 
Well, I'll be frank with you. I mean, I can't, obviously I can't even say some of these words here. How much education do you have to do until you finally get me like to a place where I can talk with you coherently about even a solution? Yeah, I think um, a lot of times, you know, everybody loves Google, right? And everybody becomes a Google champion, a Google installer, or a Google whatever by uh, by just kind of Googling that and looking that up. And, of course, if you uh, if you Google any of those contaminants on there and kind of direct yourself back as a consumer, you're, you're going to find some scary stuff. You know, you can always find whatever you want uh, when you're searching those things. Um, but you know, I, I like to say, look, we, you educate on, on what we have as a, as an opportunity to provide for you, uh, what that's going to take out of the water, what that's going to do for your system. And a lot of times, um, the consumer, you know, you don't have to sell it at that point. You know, you're, you're helping them make an educated decision by educating them on whatever you're providing in that, in that custom solution and what that's going to do for them. Right. So it's really just putting yourself in the place of a consult. Uh, Absolutely. So, I mean, you're, yep. you're simply saying, hey, hey, Joe, here's here's the situation. Here's what we're dealing with in your water. Here's the potential concerns with what's in your water. Here's some possible solutions. Do you think this is of concern to you? And do you think the solution would match that concern? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're uh, you know, asking those questions is big, right? What is of concern to you? You know, it doesn't matter for your children. doesn't matter for this, uh, those types of things. Again, you know, we're, we're not big on, on the scare tactics of, of, of trying to sell that into, Hey, your kid's absorbing, you know, this type of chemical or whatever it may be, but you certainly want to make them aware and have them understand, you know, what is, what is out there. Now you travel all across the country doing this, right? Yep. All right. So I have two questions for you and you, you get in all the kinds of plumbing shops and I'm sure. Sure. Do you do much with the homeowners at all? Um, I sometimes to support uh, a, a plumbing shop or something of that nature that might need a little bit of extra help on a on a position, but not frequently. Okay. Yeah. So, question number one: What is the most uh, concerning and or motivational piece of education in terms of water treatment that tips the needle for a homeowner? And question number two: What is the most important piece? that you feel is lacking in plumbers today in helping them get that homeowner to swing over? So uh, question number two, let's answer that first. Um, just asking the question, right? Is it as simple as, hey, do you want me to test your water? Do you know what's going on with your water? So is, right? that, is that simple? It's, it's, it's that simple because it gets the conversation going, right? And hey, I did hear about this, you know, or there was something on the news in this township or that is that of concern in our area, you know? And even if you don't have all the answers, I mean, that's where we're here to support. Uh, I kind of go back to that, you know, it's that 80-20 rule, right? 80% of the time, you kind of know what's going on with your report in your municipality. You know what the commonality is in that entire municipality, your service, your trade area, whatever it may be. Again, when you're talking well water, you know, you got to treat each one individually, but a lot of similarities in those municipality sections. Uh, so you can, you can kind of talk through that with the homeowner and, and be able to display that to them. So just simply asking that question and getting the conversation going, a lot of time leads you to that. Uh, you know, I always like to relate it back. We, we had this conversation kind of coming walking in the door here. Yeah. It's very relatable to IAQ products on, on the, uh, on the HVAC side that you guys are certainly familiar with. And, uh, a lot of times just mentioning them and talking about them, you know, uh, pe- people do want that stuff uh, without a doubt, as opposed to it, you know, kind of being an upsell or a hard sell or anything of that nature. It just, it just kind of sparks that conversation. Now, do you think there's any finesse in how you go about doing that? Uh, like take it to the doctor's uh, office, right? So if a doctor started performing a test on me without like explaining what he's about to do or what the test is going to show or any of those things, I'd be like, Whoa, 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 what, what are we doing here? What's with the rubber gloves? You know, <laughs> like how, how do you get past, uh, like, is it as simple as just saying, 
may I test your water? Or, or is there, you know, a, a more clever way of asking it? Something like, Hey, when's the last time you had your water tested or have you ever had your water tested? Like what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I'm, I think, you know, whatever a comfortable statement is, but Hey, do you know what's in your water? Have you had your water tested recently? I know what's uh, in my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> yeah. So or, don't we all questions. say that? Yeah. Well, I'll sell a little more water treatment, right? There you go. There you go. Okay, um, what about question number one then? What do you think is the most important thing across the country as you've, you've been in different shops and you're hearing from all types of plumbers and water treatment guys and all that? What is the biggest deciding factor that finally gets that homeowner say, yeah, I think I'd like to solve this? Yeah. So I think when they have a reoccurring problem, um, you know, going on in the house and nobody's brought that to their attention yet that, hey, this is why you've had these premature failures with appliances. This is why you have, um, you, you know, a premature failure with a water heater. This is this is why your faucets are scaling up. You know, people don't blink an eye to spend, you know, a thousand, two thousand bucks on a, on a especially matte black faucet nowadays or anything of that nature. And, you know, simple, simple level of hardness in water will take all of about three or four seconds to kind of scale that up. So if you're making that investment, you're making that investment in a new water heater, new appliance, even new dishwasher, even things that we may not necessarily be involved in the plumbing scale, why not protect that appliance? Why not protect the rest of the household there? It's, it's a great question. I, I love the way that you phrase that. I mean, people will drop $100,000 on a kitchen renovation, right? Sure. And you get top end, you know, touchless, uh, motion censored, auto Wi-Fi, this, that, and whatever, faucets and whatever, you know, $1,500 faucet, $2,000 faucet, and never once think about spending that same amount of money to actually protect that investment. Why, why is that? You know, I think, um, you know, we've lived in this world of just go, go, go. And uh, the whole COVID reset has opened that up a little bit. I mean, we, we've, you know, water treatment's always been a big category, obviously, and people have cared about it to a certain degree. But over the last two years, when a large majority of people spent a lot more time at home, I think you got a lot of those people that go, you know what? My, my water does taste like crap, right? Or we, or, or we have seen some scaling or some buildup uh, in there because they've just had that time to focus and reset and, and, and kind of see and notice those things instead of, you know, running off to uh, the, the next place or get the shopping done or whatever it is at that point in time. So just just been a little bit of a reset there and people focus down a little, a little bit more on that since the, since the time of COVID. Yeah, and that doesn't even take into account the unseen things, right? You, you can't see the damage done in your washer, your dishwasher, your water heater and a number of other things. You can't see that damage until kidney, all of a sudden it does. Your liver. Uh, your yeah. Throat, right. <laughs> your stomach lining. Until until it's too late. Absolutely. Right? Until it's already been damaged. It's already like not working, you know, six years before the it was supposed to cut out or two days after the warranty stopped. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's always something yes. like that. We time, so, we time that well as a manufacturer. We try to. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know in the training this morning, you brought up an actual scenario of a water heater and you guys had cut it apart. Talk to us about that. Sure. Yeah. So actually right, right here in your hometown, uh, we had a water heater that uh, we'd worked with a plumber and did a little experiment on and had a, had premature failure on. It was only about seven years old. And uh, so we literally cut the thing in half and uh, opened that thing up. And there was uh we did the math on it because there's actually a direct correlation of how much calcium carbonate can build up in a water heater based on the hardness level over per year. And it was like 50, 50 point four pounds of rock that were inside the water heater before it even began to heat their domestic hot water. So they, so they were basically throwing, 
you know, hitting a 50 pound rock uh, for no reason whatsoever. Well, that should have made it more efficient though, right? I mean, once you get rock <laughs> hot, it stays hot. For it a stays while. hot inside. The problem was it was building and you still had the outside of the tank. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my word. That, that's, that's crazy. Pity the plumber that had to drag that thing out of the, sure. the basement, right? Well, every, every plumber listening to this right now knows that they've opened up the drain on the bottom of a water heater and had nothing come out, right. you know? Because uh, it's clogged. Because it's clogged. It's clogged with minerals. It's clogged with stuff. And, that, you know, that's that's a perfect sales opportunity for you. Don't just drain that thing down and then run back up from the basement and go get the homeowner and give them a price. Bring them down to the basement. You know, they all want to stand over top of your shoulder anyway. I've seen right. that you know, right, right. plenty of times. So open that up and show them how nothing's coming out. Or you're getting some grains or some pebbles out of there at that point in time. Yeah. Uh, that makes a lot of sense, and I'm assuming that in that that uh, specific scenario there with the water heater, that that was untreated water. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yep. yeah. It was it was 17 grains of hardness and about seven years old on the water heater, and it, it had made a 50 pound block of stone inside the water heater. That's crazy. They have that same model for diamonds. I mean, I could get into that. Right? <laughs> we we might have something on our plate there, right? <laughs> we'll go, go get all the hard water people and yeah, you know, some new water heaters out there and. So I, I think you also mentioned that there's a direct correlation between grains of hardness and efficiency. I think you briefed over that earlier. Go through that again. Sure, absolutely. So when you're talking about like, you know, your traditional gas style storage, water heater tank, uh, tankless water heaters, uh, every five grains of hardness. So grains, when we say that is the actual measurement, we call it grains per gallon. So that's the actual measurement of calcium and magnesium that would be in a gallon of water. Uh, so every five grains of hardness uh, right here in our backyard, we're on average about 17 grains. Uh, it's going to create a 4% loss in gas efficiency. Sheesh. That's crazy. So it, in in the average around here, for example, 17, you're talking about roughly 12, 13, 14 percent per percent drop. So if you put a brand new 98% efficient you know, wall-hung tankless water heater in and you walk out the door as soon as they start using water, that thing's going to drop to 86, 85% efficient. Man, that, that's just dollars. Which, yeah, which right. is why a lot of uh, tankless water heater manufacturers, what, what is it, over 10? Every single manufacturer in their warranty fine print. Uh, I, I was I was in the trade when, when tankless first came out, and we had one of the Pioneer brands, and everybody wanted them. They sold as the first 90-some 90, 90 percent efficient, you know, PVC vented type thing, and uh, everybody wanted them, and we sold the living crap out of them. And then – Second year, we took half of them back, right? And granted, they probably had some initial problems on the on, on the street and whatnot, but uh, only to find out that most of those problems were from hard water deposits and those kind of real dense heat exchangers and uh, just caused a world of problems with those things. Uh, so now every single manufacturer out there actually has a correlation directly related to their warranty and what the grains of hardness either can be. I mean, some are very strict. Some actually say it has to be softened water, right? They don't even define it. To really? say it has to be under X amount of grains. Uh, yeah, each one wow. kind of has their own verbiage on that. To, to even count for warranty. Yep. Wow. I mean, right right there. Like, that's that's reason enough to take this seriously. Sure. And even if you don't have a tankless, uh, the illustration earlier where you're 50 pounds in, in a tank water yeah. heater is just, I mean, it just sounds bad. And, and I mean, everybody's feeling it right now. I think while we were sitting here, gas prices just went up about 15 cents a gallon. So um, <laughs> I hope you fill up on the way here, man. <laughs> Um, and, um, yeah, it's a lot cheaper by me, but, um, but, uh, you know, obviously home fuel oil and, and, and natural gas, all those things are, are just spiking by the day. And, uh, so now, now when, you know, we used to teach these things five years ago and, and people kind of said, ah, you know, I don't spend a lot of money on my gas bill or my electric bill, but that's different right now. Paying it's a lot different. Now, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> well, before we get too far off the hardness conversation, um, 
you did mention earlier that, and I'm going to be pretty pretty blunt here, and hopefully we can talk our way back <laughs> from this. Um, you mentioned the quote unquote descalers and all the the uh, voodoo nonsense versions of salt free softeners that did very little to absolutely nothing, as far as I'm concerned. Um, there is a new one, newer one, one that's kind of uh, picking up ahead of steam now as as we sit here, which is the polyphosphate filter. And we, we actually uh, did have someone on before, uh, a good friend of Nate and mine and, and a friend of the show, Curry Gavreau, uh, to talk about it. But you you guys at Brita Pro also offer a poly, polyphosphate filter as part of this three-stage filtration system that we are actually installing here out of this sure. branch. Would you mind going into what makes the polyphosphate different than, you know, the one where you wrap a wire around your pipe and, and yeah. pray to a piece of PVC <laughs> or whatever it is? Uh, yeah. So, so um, again, you know, obviously the traditional softening method is is obviously a preferred method, but that's that's not always an option. You know, sometimes you don't have a drain option. Sometimes, uh, you know, the consumer just doesn't want the salt or whatever it may be, even though the salt doesn't actually hit their their drinking water and all that. Um, so, um, um, more, uh, or a better option sometimes in that scenario is the polyphosphate, um, filter, which actually has that polyphosphate mineral inside of the filter. As the water goes through that filter with the hardness inside of there, that polyphosphate is going to coat the hardness and not allow it to stick to any pipes. Uh, so a lot of the things that we talked about, the extra benefits of, uh, using less soap, different things of that nature. When you, when you have softened water, you don't quite necessarily get all of those, but you're certainly going to use that to protect all of your appliances in the household and prevent that from scaling up with inside the appliances. Uh, probably the biggest, um, the biggest thing with those filters is they, they absolutely, you're going to use that mineral up over time. When we talk about a traditional water treatment system and a traditional softener, we're going to regenerate that system and reuse it, reuse it, reuse it, reuse it type thing with the polyphosphate mineral. We're going that has a life expectancy and we're going to use that up over time. So if they uh, do not uh, change that filter on a regular basis, because we all know how good uh, our consumers are at uh, making sure that they change their filters and uh, we're probably just as guilty with the shoemaker shoes <laughs> over here in our, <laughs> right. our own houses because that's the last thing we would do when we talk about it all day and, and want to come home. But, um, you know, they need to make sure they change it out so that there's there's a fresh supply of uh, minerals in there. Uh, on average, like, so, for example, the, the one that you guys are working with here, that's uh, that's rated for about 100,000 gallons uh, on your average hardness, what you would see in the Lancaster area here. Uh, so, is, you know, most... Is there a, a maximum hardness that you would even recommend the polyphosphate at? Like... <clears throat> you, you'll get water here that's 30, 35 grain hard water. It, it happens from time to time. It's not common, but it's but it does happen. And I always think, even with a poly, like a polyphosphate-type filter, some people just need to put a water softener in. Is, uh, that, is that the case? or uh, You're 100% correct. So at, at about 24 grains hardness is where that polyphosphate stops being effective at that point. Um, so anything at 20 or 25 or above is where you're going to want to switch to a traditional softener. Uh, even if you didn't want that, cause it, you could put the polyphosphate in all day on 25 grains hardness or 30 grains hardness. And it, it's not going to do anything for you. It just won't be able to keep up with that hardness in the water. Yeah. I figured it's either that or you're changing the filter every three weeks. Yeah. So yeah. If it actually <laughs> did enough. Yeah. You'd have to change that not cheap filter yeah. way too often to make it worthwhile. Yeah, absolutely. But we are excited to have that new uh, triple stage filter uh, around the shop, and uh, we've already put some in some homes. So why don't you clue us in on that one? That's a brand new product launched by Brita. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I was uh, direct with you guys, and, and um, 
kind of came back from a lot of plumber feedback and di- and different things that they ran into in the field. And, you know, not every portion of the country has 17 grains hardness uh, everywhere they go. Sometimes it's a, uh, you know, I was just up with a, fr- a franchise up in North Jersey, Central Jersey, and they were consistently in the four to five range. You know, we only start treating at four or start recommending treatment at four grains per gallon. So uh, the large scale of their territory was at four to five grains hardness. So that that's the perfect application for them. And we, we talk about this three-stage filter. It uh, gives you a great opportunity with three sets of filters. First one's going to be a sediment filter. That's going to take your general just sediment out of the out of the water. It's going to start at about 25 microns, which is the rating of of um, uh, how much uh, how much it can actually take out of the water. The lower the micron, the more we're going to take out of the water. And that filter actually works from outside in. So as the water passes from the outside of the filter down through the center, it works its way from 25 down to 5 microns. Uh, kind of passes through there, goes into the next set, which is the polyphosphate uh, filter that we just spoke about here, and then works its way into the final stage, which is a carbon block filter, which is going to take all those chlor- chlorines and chloramines and the quote-unquote scary stuff out of the water that we uh, we just talked about here. Uh, so, it you know, it's a great application. Uh, kind of comes set up with some some gauges for you so you can kind of check the pressures on, on the filter and stuff like that and know and understand if they're kind of getting close to a point where they need to be changed as opposed to, you know, individually tracking every gallon that they use on their water bill type thing. Uh, so it kind of gives you the extra little functionality of that. Uh, nice clean install. Uh, it comes, you know, you have the opportunity to throw it on a stand if you want to do that and keep it kind of mounted to the ground or, or the, it comes with a wall mount bracket already uh, preformed for you, 16-inch on center, so you can just throw it on a couple studs, hang it, pipe it in, walk away, be done, and come back and change the filters in a year. Yeah, no drain, no power, right? Correct, no, no drain, no power. Yeah, that's really exciting for a lot of uh, specific applications that we do run into. Uh, whereas you mentioned earlier, drain isn't available or even, you know, the quick access to electricity. So that's a big deal. Yep. Yep. Huge deal when you have it under uh when you have it under a under a set of steps in a in a bi level home or in a mobile home closet where you have you know, no no place to put typical uh, water treatment that requires sure. backwashing drain and a and a power source. You can't plug it in anywhere. This put this type of system in in countless places like that but right. mobile homes in particular man sure mobile homes yeah anything without a basement i mean more often than not it's hard to get to the plumbing there uh, for sure when you don't have a basement yeah you got you got you got you know tons of plumbers who never bring up water treatment to someone in a in a uh, mobile or modular home because there's nowhere to put it it's just not feasible sure and this is the type of system that gives gives people in a manufactured home the same availability, same access to really clean, upgraded water as everybody else has, and they should have access to this. Absolutely. Uh, speaking of clean and upgraded water, I just got to ask: you know, Do you have a preference, water treatment, water conditioning? Um, no, I think I think it's it's probably a regional type thing where you okay. know, what's it, cola or pop or you know, anything. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right. it's it's all the same and all kind of all kinds of falls in. I mean. You know, I, I, I would say a little bit more of treatment is your, tradi- you know, to me, it, it falls under treatments, that traditional uh, point of entry type system, right? And then filtration is, okay, we're using some kind of preformed block. Treatment, you have some kind of mineral media, and that's that's creating an ion exchange, or we have a bed of carbon, and we're creating that absorption or anything over top of that. When I get into the filtration side of it, you know, I'm, I'm stereotypically thinking more of a cartridge style filter, uh, something of that nature, maybe a point of use under the counter uh, type setup. Yeah. 
So, uh, Joe, I got to ask, you know, do you have any of these products in your own home? I do. I do. As a matter of fact, yeah. I Which have. one does the great Joe from Brita Pro have in his house? <laughs> Call again. Yeah. <laughs> I thought there was no four-letter words allowed on this podcast, so don't be cursing in front of me again. Um, the uh, No, so I went with our uh, city soft system. I am on municipality water, uh, so that's the one that has, uh, it, it's got a plate that separates it in the middle. Um, so it kind of keeps the, uh, we have a carbon system on the top, a bed of carbon, and then I have traditional softener media on the bottom and it keeps those two separate. Uh, really nice functionality of that is that, uh, because they never mix, uh, the water comes from the top down and goes through the carbon bed first, takes out all that scary stuff, right? The chlorine, the chloramines, the chemicals that are in there, and then goes through the softener media to soften the water out. Uh, one of the beauties of that is one of the things that do beat up softener media over time is, is chlorine, right? So we're taking the chlorine out first uh, before it gets to that media, so it ultimately is going to outlast my mortgage and uh, probably probably my hair. Oh, those things! The chlorine <laughs> does a number on those little rubber beads in the uh, softeners, man. Yeah. It tears those things to pieces. It's, it's great because you know we get to a five-year-old a house with a five-year-old cheap uh, Lowe's water heater, and it's spilled resin beads all through the house, and it's a, a nice big job for us. And we get to replace the softener. But had they, you know, had they put a carbon system in before it, some kind of uh, carbon filtration, sure, they wouldn't have that problem. Sure. Yeah, and that's one of the easiest things to do for, you know, you mentioned the big boxes and stuff like that. You know, you can go buy a competitive uh, water treatment system there, but, um, you know, they're, they're not doing that on accident. You know, they're cutting corners where they can, of course. And uh, one of the easiest things to do is to buy a low-grade media that might be imported or whatever it is and doesn't have the same regulations. I mean, that's one of the nice things about Brita Pro is knowing and understanding that every product in there is domestically made in the U.S. Uh, you know, we have specific spec on our softener resins and our carbons and all of our medias that we use uh, for uh, with specific mineral companies that we, we contract with in the U.S. here. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Uh, always big fans of things made in the USA, and that's that's a great asset. Absolutely. Let's say we got Mike from Ann Arbor, Michigan, listening to the show right now. I don't now. know about there's, those Michigan guys. There's, <laughs> there's a nod to Nate, who's a big Penn State fan. Um, Mike's listening to the show right now, and Mike is not with the Tri-Brands. He's not with a Ben Franklin, but Mike loves the idea of this Brita Pro stuff and wants to start offering it in his market which is not our market because we have exclusivity thank you uh how does he go about getting in contact with brita pro or yourself sure uh yeah so he can go directly to to brita pro uh his website uh just britapro.com and then he can you know fill out a form there even like he was a consumer and kind of contact that that would go through our marketing director uh he can contact any of us directly um i mean we're we're as accessible as it gets uh you can email me you know um Joe Kuklis, J-O-E-K-U-K-L-I-S at BrittaPro.com. Awesome. Uh, we were just doing a little bit of a survey here with our plumbers and have a question for you. Fire. Uh, Mr. Todd Helm, he wanted to know, has Brita Pro ever thought of making an app to diagnose or choose systems based on water samples? Sure. Yeah, so uh, great question. Um, the technology in the heads today is set up uh, to be able to be Wi-Fi compatible. Um, that functionality is not on the board today. Uh, I think uh, w we've discussed it internally, and there's been this incredible craze to just make everything Wi-Fi, right? Um, like all of a sudden, you can look on your phone and say, "Hey, my toilet just flushed," or whatever you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever type is. So, um, gross. Yeah. <laughs> 
uh, you know, just things so simple and everybody just kind of came out with that Wi-Fi crazy and then you kind of got it and you're like, all right, what do, what do I do with it now, right? right? right I just right. know that it's on or I know that's it. Again, you know, furnace, HAC, things make a lot of more sense there. So um, we're, we're studying this a little further in. Uh, we have a lot of technologies in our softener control head that other people don't have out there. Uh, some proprietary technologies and programming, things like that, that we can use to kind of come out to some more directly correlatable items that would be more functional on an app, like like seeing and knowing how much salt I'm using at this point in time and, you know, how much water I've gone through in the last couple of days and use it as a water meter and other things like that. So that's all in developmental phase, and we absolutely have plans to come out with that. Uh, just uh, not sure on an exact timeline for that yet. What about before you even get to the actual piece of machinery, like uh, an app that could say, hey, uh, you, you know, I don't know, you, you plug the test in or something like that, and it actually reads the test oh. for you and then makes suggestions. Like, based upon your current water readings, we recommend this, this, and this. Sure. Yeah, so there, there's multiple, uh, once you're signed up as a, as a Brita Pro partner, there's multiple um, sales assist tools uh, that you have available through your dealer portal uh, that you can log into and plug into. Of course, you can use your fantastic and unbelievable salespeople that would be able to help you and support you. <laughs> Do you know And uh, I, I'm still looking for one. I'll let you know if I run it. Um, you know, but we're happy to help you, uh, obviously kind of teach you and help you learn how to size systems. Uh, that That's a fairly simple process also. Uh, there's a little bit more forgiveness in sizing a water softener than there is maybe like an air conditioner or something of that nature. Um, so, so we can certainly help coach you and teach you on uh, what's the, you know, provide some cheat sheets, things like that. So you can kind of quote them on the fly because we all know, you know, that's the best opportunity to sell it with your consumer while you're there that first time in the household with them. Yeah. And do you think that most water treatment sales are made specifically because they invited you in for water treatment or because you got invited in for something else? I, I think a large majority are because you invited in for something else. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's that 80-20 rule again, right? So 80% of the time when you're in there for something else, you can present that opportunity and then you know, maybe even less than 20% of the time we have this scary stuff happen, right? I live near Flint, Michigan, and I want to know if I can potentially take lead out of my water or whatever it may be. That's it, guys. I mean, if you are not asking the question about uh, once last time they had their water treatment or do they know what the quality of their water is, you're missing out. I don't care if you're there for a faucet. I don't care if you're there for a leaking pipe in the ceiling. I don't care if you're there for a backed up toilet. If you're missing out on that question, you're missing out on the opportunity to make that person's life better. Not just their life, not just the quality of their water, but the quality of their plumbing system to hopefully prevent future problems, future breakdowns, to prevent future health issues, and just to make, you know, general living, taste, feel, accessibility, and use of the water better for that person. And it starts with a simple question about, may I test your water? Right, Nate. And that simple question is nothing more than, well, there, there are actually sev several ways to get to that point. My, my absolute favorite one was to say, before I get started on anything today, you know, I'm a, I'm a plumber by trade, before I get started on anything today, before you show me the sink that's backed up, the toilet that's running, the, whatever it is, would you mind walking me to your main shutoff? And what would they say? 99% of the time, sure, follow me. Now, they would take me to, you know, under the sink or something. They most About 40% of people had no idea where their main shutoff was. But uh, maybe 20% of people would, would say, why? And I would say, well, I'm going to be working on your water system. If anything goes wrong, I just want to know where to run quickly to it and shut it off, number one. Number two, I want to make sure you know how to shut it off before I leave here today. If you ever have an, a plumbing emergency, I want to make sure you know how to shut the water off quickly. And I want to make sure that that shutoff is available and in good working order. 
when you get to the main shutoff valve, you have now found out whether or not they have any kind of water treatment whatsoever. And you can simply start by saying, hmm, I don't see anything here. If you don't mind me asking, how do you treat the water that comes into your home? So good. Solid. That's it. And they say, doesn't the city do that? Or they say, oh, we have well water. And this is the one I love too. Been drinking it for 40 years. <laughs> it's been fine. And like I drank I said, from a hose when I was a kid. I no mean, yeah, <laughs> I made it this far. Like I said, I've been drinking it for 40 years and I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> and I usually say, you could have been two inches taller. <laughs> well, you, so that so the, the people that grew up on well water, right, they, they don't trust city water. And the people that grew up on city water don't trust well water. <laughs> so, <sure>. yep. <laughs> so who's right? Neither. Yeah. They, they both Neither. need water yeah. treatment. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll just say... I'll talk about what I know about the water coming into the home at this point. I've lived most of my life on city water. I now, for the last, I don't know, four years in, in the neighborhood I'm in now, we're on a well, and I'm pretty familiar with both now, and I have done days and days worth of research on both. And I know that in either case, you are safer, more protected, and have just generally longer-lasting plumbing system with some kind of water conditioning system, regardless of where your water comes from. It's a, it's a better plan to have it than not have it. And it is an easy conversation when you use one of the things that we talked about today. Or D-Y-O-R, baby, just like they say in the crypto world. Do your own research. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to Joe. My goodness, don't listen to Nate when we talk about water. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Go out, just open the phone you're listening to this on when you pull over uh, after you get out of your call so you're not late, and crack the phone open, go to Safari or Google or DuckDuckGo or whatever you, you research on, and look up TTHM. It'll, I bet you it pops right up. TTHM in drinking water. Uh, look up the effects of chlorine in tap water. I know Massachusetts Department of Health, New York Department of Health, uh, California has some, these articles pop up immediately on, uh, at least on Safari on my iPhone, where they talk about the negative effects of chlorine in the tap water and the fact that I think still around 80% of, of the nation is treated with chlorine and chloramines. Sure. So go, go Google that or whatever you do. Do your own research. See if it's something you think your your client should have in their home. If if you don't think so, as our buddy Gene would say, and you don't bring it up, are you doing something to them or are you doing something for them? Right. Yep. That question uh, still sits in my head. I think that's that's a great way to wrap things up here. Joe, it's been a privilege to have you on the show today. Thanks so much for stopping by. I greatly appreciate the opportunity to, to come here today and meet you guys in person. Yeah, it's great hanging yeah. with you and having yeah. you in, in studio, so to speak. By studio, yeah. I mean a warehouse-ish basement with stuff all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> uh, yeah, awesome. So, uh, Joe, if people – I know you gave your email uh, earlier. Uh, are you on social media, or are there any other ways of contacting Yeah, you? sure. Um, uh, Brita Pro has has sites out there. I have my own individual stuff, but uh, Brita Pro is out there, and uh, it's just at Brita Pro. Um, awesome. Yeah, so they can certainly connect with us there. And uh, But probably the easiest way is contact us through through the site or, or directly on, on there, and uh, 
then we can talk about what's customized and what's what's best for you individually. Great. Well, thanks so much for joining us today, Joe. It's been great to hear from you and all the information that you brought to the table. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hey, we hope you enjoyed this episode with Joe and it was awesome to hear from him and have somebody in the studio. We always appreciate that. And of course, it's fun hanging out with him and uh, he gave a great training for us. And I'm sure if you're interested in getting some training from him and talking more about Bridger Pro, he'd love to talk to you about that. Uh, But regardless, we found a lot of good information from him today about water conditioning and treatment for the home and the value and benefits it brings to the homeowner and also a challenge for all of you plumbers out there to become more well-informed and educated about just what's in your water. That way you can have a conversation with the homeowner and ask them the same question. And so I I think it was a great podcast and I think there's a lot more to even dive into on that um, in other research. Uh, But for right now, we'll leave it here and we hope you enjoyed it. And that leaves us with our challenge then. So we want to encourage you to do your own research, not only on water treatment, but whatever it is that you specialize in and what could be better for you in terms of presenting things to your homeowner solutions making their lives better and more improved, and also to improve yourself, constantly looking for a better version of you. And remember, we ask you to choose to wake up every single morning and waste no day.